It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is the first one. I talk to the most iconic artists on the planet about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland, who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to being overlooked to being overbooked. Join me every Thursday, only on Amazon Music. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. The Bengals take on the Browns on Thursday night football, and we get a second look at what Joe Burrow's Bengals will be in 2020. Today's show is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. Next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses. And look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be official partner of the NFL. Week two, a short week, really stuck up on us. Let's get into that. I'm your host, Jake. Let's go along with my co-host, James Rapine. We have a lot of injuries to cover to just get things going. Both sides are going to be dealing with some significant changes in their starting lineups, and some will be carries over from last week. There's some new question marks, especially on Cleveland's side. We're going to start there. We're going to go to what James and I are looking for, what we're expecting. And then we've got Jeff from Locked On Browns to talk about things from a bit of a Browns point of view, find out what's going on with the fans in Cleveland who may or may not be panicking over Baker Mayfield. But as always, we're going to get started with the news out of Paul Brown Stadium on Wednesday. For the Bengals, the interior defensive line is really hurting. Not only did they lose Rennell Rem for the season and Josh Tupo in the preseason when they opted out or were hurt in training camp, but now for a second straight week, All-Pro and Hall of Fame candidate, All-Decade player Geno Atkins is listed as out on the injury report, and joining him this week is Mike Daniels, who must have aggravated that groin injury in Sunday's action against the Chargers. In addition to them, Xavier Suofilo is on the injured reserve. He'll be out for at least three weeks, and Sean Williams still hasn't returned from his calf injury. That is a lot of defensive players, and one offensive lineman who's a newcomer who actually played pretty well in his Bengals debut that the Bengals will be missing on Thursday against the Browns. Stinks. Huge losses. I mean, Geno Atkins, he's been day-to-day, according to Zach Taylor, for basically the past two weeks, Jake. And obviously it's more serious than that. And you just hope that after being out Thursday, missing week one, that the 10 days between week two and week three is enough to get him back on the field. Xavier Suofilo, obviously it's going to be a minimum of three weeks because he's been placed on injured reserve. Hopefully it's only three weeks because you're right. I did think it was a promising debut for him. Uh, he, He certainly held his own 
which you'll take from this offensive line. But Billy Price is a guy that we've talked about a lot, obviously, on this podcast. And, and I think he's he's going to have to really seize this opportunity. And Thursday's a big night for him to establish himself as an NFL player, right? He's in year three, and uh, he, he doesn't really have an NFL resume yet. And, and so what Thursday night can be, I don't want to say a coming out party for a, a right guard, but for him to, to establish himself as a, a real player in this league. But I, I got to be honest with you, Jake. I'm worried because I look at one side uh, of the coin here with the Browns, and they have two stud running backs. And you look at Geno Atkins and Mike Daniels being out. I think those are huge losses. I don't think there's any way around it. And Wyatt Teller, the Browns' new right guard, had a fantastic week one. And the Browns generally invested in their offensive line. Jedrick Wills is new. Jack Conklin is new. They're both questionable, but on the Brown side of things, despite uh, Greedy Williams, who's going to be out, he's got a shoulder issue. Mac Wilson, the linebacker, Jacob Phillips, the linebacker, they are both out with respective knee issues. And Kevin Johnson, the Browns uh, slot corner, will be out with his lacerated liver. The rest of the guys for the Browns are questionable and at least had a limited practice on Wednesday. So that's Jack Conklin, Chris Hubbard, J.C. Treader, Olivier Vernon, Jedrick Wills, and Jarvis Landry. I sort of expect most of those guys to go. I think the biggest question mark is Jack Conklin, who didn't practice until Wednesday. And if Wednesday was just a walkthrough, that could explain the limited designation for a lot of these guys. But if they do go and they're relatively healthy, that Bengals interior defensive line could have its hands full with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And I wouldn't be surprised at all to see the Browns go heavy 21 personnel, meaning two running backs, one tight end, especially after they lost David Njoku, and just try to run the ball a lot, especially with Baker's season debut. They need something to take some pressure off of him. And using those running backs that they've invested high draft picks and or money into is one way to do it. There's no doubt, and it adds more pressure to this linebacking core as well. As impressive as Jermaine Pratt leading the team in tackles was and Josh Bynes and even the rookies, and I know they didn't grade well on pro football focus, but I think they fared pretty well in their debut, talking about you know Akeem Davis-Gaither and Logan Wilson. But I like my chances if I'm the Browns with Kareem Hunt in open space against those guys, right? He's a great pass catcher out of the backfield. I think people forget how good he is. Uh, in that aspect. So it, it's going to be a challenge without those guys. And I, look, I know Mike Daniels is just a role player at this point, but not having him and banking on Christian Covington, and, and you're going to have to bank on Andrew Brown, who did have a good camp, but and only played seven snaps on, on Sunday. But now you're banking on him to play uh, a much more significant role. It's just, it's tough. Hopefully, I mentioned Billy Price rising to the challenge. Hopefully these guys can do that. Covington's experienced. Andrew Brown's probably hungry for an opportunity. We'll see if they can get the job done on Thursday night. And don't forget about Amani Bledsoe, who will also get his chance after the Bengals sign into the 53-man roster. Coming up next, we get into our expectations and the things we are watching in this matchup as the Bengals go up to Cleveland. In fact, they're already there for a Week 2 primetime matchup. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or if you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everybody needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. James, James, tell the good people about it. 
CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. And CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier, you can try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer they're offering Locked On Bengals listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code Locked On NFL at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code Locked On NFL for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. We're going to preview Browns, Bengals, the Battle of Ohio. Uh, a couple notes, Jake, and, and shout out for this, and I'm excited for this, and it stinks that it's at First Energy Stadium and not Paul Brown Stadium. But there's going to be 6,000 fans or close to 6,000 fans in attendance on Thursday night for the Battle of Ohio, which I love for fans to be able to see their favorite teams. Right. And obviously, they'll have to wear masks and take necessary safety precautions. But that's great. And I know there will be some Bengals fans in attendance in Cleveland because I was on with Bengal Jim the other night and he told me that his crew is bringing about 25 people up north to uh to cleveland at first energy stadium to watch joe burrow in person so pretty cool there shout out to bengal jim and the rest of his uh his team there his group his posse whatever you want to call them because they're diehard Bengals fans and i know they're going to be excited to watch joe in person and, and i think we should encourage more people to do the same thing everybody out there listening go go find those cleveland brown season ticket holders who can't make it to the game and buy their tickets and and maybe we can have a little mini mini home game on the road here for the Bengals. That, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that there are going to be some Bengals fans up there. That'll be fun for them. I'm sure the players will enjoy that a little bit as well. And we'll get some real crowd noise because I got to say the, the artificial crowd noise does not do it for me. <laughs> I, I, uh, it's funny. I've heard many people say that. I didn't notice it, and I'm not trying to sound like that, but I, I didn't notice it because I was just at the game, so it was so quiet. I didn't hear the crowd noise. So I, I assume it's just part of the, the broadcast, but I didn't get any of it. So 
Yeah, I, ho- hopefully it sounds better if they do have any artificial because six thousand in a giant NFL stadium isn't a lot. Uh, it, so hopefully they balance it out better on a national broadcast. It, it sounded okay. Uh, they, they said they weren't amplifying it or anything. The fans that were at the original, the Kansas City Baltimore game, the season opener, that was just the people in attendance, and they sounded okay. Maybe maybe that was more people. I'm I'm not sure, but usually that stadium is very full. Regardless, let's let's transition. Let's talk about this game a little bit. I went through all the matchups yesterday, and a lot like the Chargers game, the Browns have a guy on their defensive line who can at times be a game wrecker in Miles Garrett. I think Joey Bosa is a better player. I, I truly do, and and maybe that's close. But Miles Garrett didn't have a great Week One against Baltimore, and if the Bengals can have a semblance of pass protection and Joe Burrow can start to settle in the way he did in the fourth quarter against the Chargers. Cause really before he threw that little shovel pass interception, he was cooking for the entire fourth quarter. And if he doesn't throw that little shovel pass interception, we're talking about his last two drives instead of his last one drive being really good. I think he, he really started to settle in there. I think Joey Bosa got tired. He was off the field a little bit more. He was generally just fatigued. Didn't have the juice that he had earlier in the game. And we got to see the Bengals actually playing a little bit of offense, finding those intermediate parts of the field. Could also be that Gus Bradley was playing too soft, right? But they got all the way in there for a touchdown, and they were only down three points. So the the matchup really boils down to how much does Cleveland's defensive line wreck the game? How much can the Bengals bounce back? They have a little bit of film to work on now. We shouldn't get the same oh, we're seeing a defensive front that we've never seen before, stuff that we got from L.A. So that could be, the, that, that is for me the, the big key to the game. So I want to see Joe Burrow seeing the field a little bit better, a little bit more comfortable because his offensive line is playing a little bit better. And, and just let's, let's try to not waste, you know, a quarter or two of offensive possessions this week. That would be a nightmare because there's a big difference between the Chargers and the Browns. And Miles Garrett's great. And if you said Bosa was better than him in Cleveland, people would disagree. But I, I do agree with you. But let's say Miles Garrett has a great game. The difference is the Browns corners outside of Denzel Ward can't hold the helmet or jock strap or whatever you want to say of those Chargers corners because that's a really good secondary overall, even without Derwin James. Uh, and so that's the difference to me in the, these two matchups is, look, if, if Burrow gets a second and a half, well, Boyd's probably going to be open or Green's probably going to be open or he'll be able to give himself that that extra half second, even if Miles Garrett is, uh, you know, coming at him uh, to make the necessary plays. So when I look at this Browns defense as presently constructed and we talked about injuries at the top, I think there are enough holes that it's it's really hard for me to see a, a scenario where Miles Garrett just completely wrecks the game, right? Because even if he's great, well, then just go to the other side. And Olivier Vernon uh, was um, also questionable, like you mentioned. I expect him to play, but he's not a guy that's going to scare you. All right, I, he doesn't scare me all the way, you know, because if if Garrett's lining up against Bobby Hart, do I expect Jonah Williams to hold his own against Olivier Vernon? Absolutely. Even though Vernon's a, a former pro bowler and a, and a good player, I, I, I just think that's a matchup if you're the Bengals you can live with. So when I look at it from that standpoint, you're right. Containing Miles Garrett, preventing him from having a huge game, absolutely priority number one. But I think it's really hard to, 
to ask Miles Garrett to do that and just be a complete game wrecker, given the pieces around him or lack thereof uh, that are around him. And, and you look at those linebackers, those corners, those safeties. And to me, I think Joe Burrow should be able to dissect that he should be able to learn from the film and the mistakes he made against the Chargers and hopefully take advantage of that on Thursday night. Yeah, there there are a few plays that if you follow me on Twitter, I've talked about that I really want to go look at the all 22 for because there are a few shot plays the Bengals had called where Joe Burrow actually has time and he gets to the top of his drop, he takes a hitch and then he just doesn't throw it and, and then the pressure gets there. So the pressure sometimes was was very bad and it was it was especially bad in the first quarter. It got a little bit incrementally better throughout the game. And, and so I want to see Joe Burrow be a little bit more decisive. I want to see those shots hit. You know, because in the second half when they took the deep shots, you know, they're just just a little bit off, right? And mm-hmm. so let's see some of those start to come together in week two. Let's see some week-to-week growth for Joe Burrow. Let's see that not repeating the same mistake kind of stuff that we that we talk about a lot with these young players. And let, let's see that progression. The last note while the Bengals have the ball here, and we've hit on a lot of the matchup notes that I talked about in yesterday's show, very similar matchups this week except the Browns have a worse secondary and and maybe better interior defensive linemen Larry Ogunjobi Sheldon Richardson we'll see if those guys can have an impact too Jonah Williams watching his progress watching Mike Jordan to see if he can have a repeat solid plus performance watching Billy Price assuming that he's a starting right guard right to see if he can be an okay starter there the the one thing that's scary Miles Garrett last week in week one only aligned on the left side of the defense, which means he's going at Bobby Hart all day. It's, <laughs> it's Miles Garrett, Bobby Hart. And, and Bobby Hart, this is your chance to, to redeem yourself after, after you were really embarrassed by, by Joey Bosa. It wasn't, it wasn't just Hart. Like Bosa beat pretty much everybody that he went against. Really good player. But let's shift to when the Browns have the ball. You talked to Jeff a little bit about Baker Mayfield, so we won't spoil that. But he wasn't very good in week one. He doesn't seem to have it figured out with Odell Beckham Jr. Kevin Stefanski's offense produced six points. And I know Baltimore has a good defense. But that is truly abysmal in in a modern NFL. They probably get a softer opponent this week. But the, the scariest matchup isn't in the passing game for me. It, it's, it's, we talked about this in the open. It's Nick Chubb and it's Kareem Hunt with the Bengals missing defensive linemen with rookie linebackers in some cases or, or generally a, a run defense that still seems to be coming together. That They had some issues with gap discipline against the Chargers. And these are better running backs and a better offensive line, significantly better offensive line if they're healthy. And yeah, that's my biggest concern. <laughs> that That is my, like, I, because I look at this, and if you're Kevin Stefanski and you're coming from Minnesota, and last year, what did you do? What, what made that Vikings offense successful? It's not Kirk Cousins, and it's not because Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback, and it wasn't because of Adam Thielen, and, and it wasn't because of Stefan Diggs, even though those guys are really, really good at what they do. It was because they got behind that big offensive line, and they rode Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, two good to great backs, depending on who you ask. And I think Madison's extremely underrated uh, when you watch him. And, and so when you look at these guys and Chubb and Hunt, whew, you're talking about ground and pound. And that's what I'm going to do if I'm the Browns. I, I think back to that 
that touchdown drive that the Chargers had when, when DJ Reader went out. And let's just assume he doesn't go out and he's just out there balling because he knows he's got to put the team on his back and the defensive line is weak and all that. Well, he may feel good in the first quarter tackling Chubb and and handling double teams and all that and, and really taking up space. But then the second quarter, it's Hunt, who's a little quicker than Chubb, right? Uh, and, and then he gets pounded with Chubb. And then third quarter, by, by the middle of the fourth quarter, how is he going to be feeling? How are these linebackers going to be feeling after tackling 24 and 27 all day? How are these linebackers going to do in coverage against a guy like Hunt who can run great routes and make people miss in space? I, that, if if I'm the Bengals, that's what I'm, that's my nightmare. And that's why you, and we, we don't really talk about Sean Williams much, but I would have loved to have him this week as another guy that you could put in the box and help in coverage and just kind of use him as a chess piece. Because you're going to have to be banking on a lot of these young young players, Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, Nakeem Davis-Gaither, in the running game. And I just don't know if they're ready for that when you're talking about the, the talent. And you mentioned it. They had a good offensive line, good offensive line play last week against the Ravens, which is tough to do. Uh, so it's a quality offensive line, assuming they're healthy. And uh, it's two, two great, really high-end running backs in Cleveland. And we'll have to see how the game script goes because that's the thing about running backs. They're reliant on their offensive line and they're reliant on the game script. And if the Bengals can get to an early lead in this game, the Browns were only able to try to run the ball 25 times out of 73 plays against the Ravens because they were just getting their ass beat the whole game. So that that's really what I think dictates how much the Browns are able to run. Then there's always a threat of Odell Beckham Jr. eventually figuring out how to play in Cleveland, but I'll believe that when I see it coming up next, we get Jeff from locked on Browns. telling us how things are going in the city up North this season. Get football on your time with NFL game pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays or see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes going inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the NFL's best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, and Devontae Adams. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. 
Let's continue our preview of the Battle of Ohio here on the Locked on Bengals podcast with Jeff Lloyd of Locked on Browns. And plenty to discuss, Jeff. Let's start with Baker Mayfield. Obviously, plenty of downs over the past calendar year. Kevin Stefanski in town now, but he struggled on Sunday. What's going on with number six? I, I can't say that I'm concerned. And this is you know where I kind of got into a little bit on social media with everybody is, look, the stars weren't stars on Sunday. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. For the amount they played were and the amount they were involved, which, you know, once the game got out of hand, you understood that was going to happen. Miles Garrett didn't really have a great day. Odell Beckham Jr. didn't really have a great day. They spent a ton of money on Austin Hooper. Beckham, Hooper were the best two looking receivers in all of Brown's training camp. It didn't click on Sunday. So, you know, and, you know, you get to other parts of the defense. B.J. Goodson brought in and, you know, look, he had a nice camp. You know, Sunday was not indicative of, and it was more indicative of the player B.J. Goodson was. You were down players within the secondary. I just don't understand how everybody, you know, you've got to take it week by week, game by game, month by month. I just don't know how everything turned into it was on Baker. You know, granted, you know, there was, you know, everybody with the first interception. And, you know, yes, I understand if Clayus Campbell drops in a spy coverage, yeah, you should see him. He's like Shaq on a football field. He's really, really hard to miss. But more of my question is, is it's third down. Why is why is there, you know, a feature play for Kadero Hodge? Like that didn't seem to make any sense. I mean, yeah, he's a nice role player, but you have Landry. You have Hooper. You had Njoku. Landry, I mean, the backs. It, it just, and maybe this is because you don't have, a, you know, a certain percentage and getting back to what we talked about earlier of what it actually is in of the offense to this point. So you get there and it, you you get some confusion. But, yes, look, it's always going to be on the quarterback. I do understand that. And there's times where you see the grip it and rip it Baker of 2018 that everybody fell in love with. And you don't want to say, oh, well, you know, coaching and you keep changing the system and this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, there's been quarterbacks who've succeeded and risen above those scenarios in the past. Look, it's on Baker. And then now, you know, everybody's coming to Cottle and say, look, look at Kirk Cousins last year. And it took a while before he got going and then eventually put up great numbers. I really haven't lost faith in Baker Mayfield. And I talked about this on last night's episode when Mark Sessler joined us is I think what this Browns team needs, and I'm, I'm going to go back to it again, you know, like, you know, remember the Titans, when he took him on the jog for, you know, six miles in the woods, this team <laughs> needs some way to find a way to not just be individual great players, become a football team. And neither team may cross this threshold Thursday night. Having those 10 days off before week three could do tremendous amount for both teams. But where Baker is at right now, it's, yes, it's it, it's always going to be on Baker. It's always going to be on the quarterback. But there were so many other factors that went into it on Sunday. And then when you have a team like the Ravens with the secondary they have, where they just say, all right, we don't have to worry about, you know, the biggest threat you guys have on offense anymore. Guess what? All right. We're going to play four quarters on D. I look at this team, two things. One, I was impressed with what they did on the offensive line. You said they played well week one. Was that the case? How did the rookie do? And what are the Bengals going to be dealing with here in the trenches? Wyatt Teller, has really, really stepped up. And this is what a guy we were speaking on all offseason. He played well down the stretch last year. And, you know, through some, you know, folks I spoke with is 
it turned out that Bill Callahan absolutely loved Wyatt Teller coming out of Virginia Tech. So everybody wanted to talk about this competition at right guard, and then a bunch of these guards opted out for the Browns. It doesn't seem like there was ever a competition there. Wyatt Teller had played strong towards the end of last year, had an, a new offensive line coach who's already a fan of his. You bring in Conklin. You had Batonio and Shredder. Wills. The funniest thing is nobody talked about Jedrick Wills on Sunday, and there was questions, you know, th- through camp. And look, part of it is is Miles Garrett is you know going to make anybody head anybody's head spin at the left tackle position, and it looked more like he was thinking before reacting. The only time we really spoke about Jedrick Wills on Sunday is when we noticed he was out of the game, is you know with the bruise and with the shin. That's the only time it was spoken about. So it was like, hey, that's good because even though he's the tenth overall pick. Jedrick Wills essentially is only being asked to be the fourth or fifth, fourth or fifth best offensive lineman on this team. So that's really, that was really a good thing. He practiced a tiny bit yesterday. He was on the practice field, you know, today. I think they really avoided it here. It seems like, you know, if he's been able to at least be limited in the last two days, he'll be a part of this. And like you said, and like I said, I'm telling you guys, run first, pass when you have to. And put yourselves in better situations. It, you know, I understand they, they they're in a position right now where it's you know, and Najoku, which surprisingly after everything went on this summer, was one of the stars of Sunday. But of course now he's at a minimum of three weeks. They have so much at the skill position. Don't ignore the simplicity of it. If your offensive line is good, they block the run well. Then just feature the running backs. And, you know, and Odell said it today. The only thing I care about is winning, and then producing. Okay, so if the Browns run the ball 35 times Thursday night. Let's see where you're at if they can pull out a win. But the offensive line is there. They have two high-priced wide receivers. You know, for Minnesota, they moved on from that where Kevin Stefanski came from. We'll see how it works out here. But, you know, that's it. always kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. And for right now, that should be what they are, you know, featuring. Last thing for me, and I want to switch sides because I, I look at this Browns defense and obviously they're strong along that defensive line. I mean, you got Joby, obviously Miles Garrett, who has been the subject of, of talk in Cincinnati along with Bosa and Ingram because those are the two first two weeks uh, of pass rushers that these, these Bengals offensive line has to face. We've talked about it for months. Um, but but it's not just that. you got Olivier Vernon. Uh, the, the Browns obviously – feel good about Denzel Ward. Um, but but I look at this team and I, I look at those linebackers, and if I'm the Bengals, that's the spot. That's where I'm targeting. I'm going to try to get Boyd involved. I'm going to try to get matchups on these linebackers, mix in Bernard, uh, any of the receivers, obviously, even the tight ends. Is that true? How's the safeties? Are just overall outside of the defensive line, which we all know is great. How is this Browns defense? Well, what you look at here, um, and it's funny because they were deep at cornerback in camp. And but because of injuries to Kevin Johnson's, because of injuries to Greedy Williams, they ended up where they weren't able to keep, you know, they loved all the corners and all these corners played great. But, you know, Greedy Williams was injured. You knew he was going to make it. Kevin Johnson injured. You knew he was going to make it. Grant Delpit was probably the key below. Joe Woods spoke about him and it was such a limited amount of time. But every time he spoke about him, he was kind of like his secondary chess piece. He was going to play him up against the line. He was going to use him on tight ends. He was going to use him on backs. He was going to use him as an on-the-roof safety. And losing Grant Delpit was a huge, huge blow for them. Now you're already down, Mac Wilson. You're down, Jacob Phillips. You know, Taki Taki, 
what you do with Sione Takitaki is find people, hit people. He is that type of <laughs> linebacker. He's physical. And I, yeah, I know you know this a little bit. Go find people. Hit. He is that guy. B.J. Goodson, you know, he's just not there. But the Browns have made this a point that, you know, linebackers are not going to be a highly valued position as far as monetary distribution. And, you know, granted, Taki Taki and Goodson took most of the reps on Sunday. And they're going to play a lot of nickel. They're going to play a lot of dime. But Greedy still hasn't practiced. And which is, he's been day-to-day now for about three weeks. Um, and then you go to, you know, Ke- uh, Kevin Johnson, where I, you know, with the lacerated liver, it was always going to be a week to week thing. So if he's not practicing today, he's obviously not playing Thursday night. And I'm assuming they're looking at that, pro- you know, that sweet spot of hopefully week three with another 10 days. They're, they're outmanned a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know what Denzel can do, but this is something that does concern me because the Bengals can just say, all right, well, we can put out whatever wide receivers we want. All right. Who's got Denzel's got him. Okay. We'll work the other two, three, four that are on the field because, you know, there's a lot of chaos. I mean, they played Tavier Thomas a ton on Sunday, and God bless Tavier Thomas. He tried. He really, really tried, but he's a great special teams player. Cornerback, what did the Ravens do? Looked over and said, all right, there's 20, and they went after him, and they went after him hard, and it led to a lot of success for the Ravens and not getting either one of these cornerbacks, and it'll be interesting who gets elevated this week from the practice squad, do they bring up the rookie AJ Green? Maybe you want to give him another ten days, but that's certainly something that concerns me. And the defensive line, you got to do a little bit more with the amount of guys that are there. Sheldon Richardson, who you know didn't mention, obviously just because you were bringing up a bunch of names, but mm-hmm. Sheldon, Larry Ogunjobi, probably had his greatest week since 2018, almost yeah, two years well. since he looked like he did. And he was, and it's weird because Larry's doing this thing now where he keeps losing weight but getting stronger getting quicker. You know, everybody loves that Aaron Donald approach to the defensive line position. And Larry Ogunjobi seems to be, you know, absolutely 100% in on that. Um, but he had a great day. And then there's Jordan Elliott. Then there's Porter Gustin. Then there's Adrian Claiborne. So they're deep. They're deep at the defensive line. But this defensive line has got to start making a little bit more of a name for themselves because I think they had a lot relied upon this defensive line. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild-card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.